This is Stu Epperson from the Truth Talk Podcast, connecting current events, pop culture, and theology. And we're so grateful for you that you've chosen the Truth Podcast Network. It's about to start in just a few seconds. Enjoy it and please share it around with all your friends. Thanks for listening and thanks for choosing the Truth Podcast Network. This is the Truth Network. Heart of every man craves a great adventure, but life doesn't usually feel that way. Jesus speaks of narrow gates and wide roads, but the masculine journey is filled with many twists and turns. So how do we keep from losing heart while trying to find the good way when life feels more like a losing battle than something worth dying for? Grab your gear and come on a quest with your band of brothers who will serve as the guides in what we call the masculine journey. The masculine journey starts here now. Welcome to the Masculine Journey. I am so incredibly excited that you're with us this week, and I do realize I say that every week, but I did add the word incredibly to it. That you know, Very nice, Sam. We're getting ready for Christmas Eve, 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 Eve. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. We've got a bunch of Eves <laughs> that will be coming up, so we'll probably be practicing up his Eve kind of stuff when we get there. But uh, no, I'm really excited about today's show because we have something we don't normally have. We have a guest on the show. Right, we do that on occasion, but on very rare occasion, and, and so very glad to have Alan Arnold with us from the Wild at Heart team, and he's going to be talking with us about his uh, new book, Chaos Can't, and uh, Alan, welcome, we're really glad to have you. Thanks guys, I'm looking forward to the conversation. Yeah, we, uh, it, it's, uh, what a time for this book to come out. Um, I know that wasn't what you intended, I listened to your podcast with uh, John on Ransomed Heart. You know, this is a really good podcast. And I will ask you, what was your uh, uh, your motivator, if you don't mind? I know you talked a little bit about Kelly, if you wouldn't mind sharing that here in a minute, uh, if you'd be okay with that, and, and kind of her encouragement for the book on how it came about. Sure. But uh, what a good podcast. I, I recommend that, because I'm sure it'll go over different stuff than what we talked about. It's called Wild at Heart, Sam. Did I say Ransom Heart? <laughs> you did. I already told you I was going to do that, and I turned around and did it. It's okay. Wow. That took like... Yeah, it was 20, prophetic. It was like 20 <laughs> seconds. Yeah, I got to quit doing that. I do that like every week. Yeah, anyway. But anyway, yeah, all right, Alan, tell us about, you know, that story. Well, yeah, you know, our wives are sometimes, many times, the greatest influencer for good uh, in our day-to-day walk at home. And Kelly is my wife, and, and it's absolutely that. And she made the comment to me, this was uh, a couple of months ago where the world had gotten quite a bit uh, stormier than it had been with the outbreak of COVID. It was in the lockdown. Everybody was home. Social unrest. The political campaigns were heating up. And at that time, she just told me, you know, Alan, when things are chaotic, I've noticed that you become more chaotic instead of calming things down. And so when when things are calm you do really well and you're fun and and you're steady but when things get a little stormy or chaotic you become more chaotic and actually make things worse because of that and that was the first time that i had had to look at myself in the mirror that way and say wow like right i can't use as an excuse things are crazy out there so i'm going to now be a little more chaotic and I didn't like what I saw, and that was the instigator or kind of the, the spark that led to this book was a journey of what's going on with chaos, 
Why does it affect us like it does? And how can we be free of it? Yeah, that was awesome. And I was listening to that on, on that podcast. I started thinking about, you know, for me personally, it was almost a tale of two different people. I could be calm and collected at work if chaos was going on, but I sure couldn't do it at home. You know, and so you're talking mm-hmm. about your story with Kelly. I'm thinking, man, how many times have I demonstrated to my kids that, you know, I have a hard time holding it together when personal chaos is going on? Because it seems like it's so much more um, at risk. There's so much more at risk there when it's such a personal place. Oh, I think you're absolutely right. Like, at work, we've gotten really good most of the time at, uh, you know, either not saying what we're thinking or rolling with it or just kind of gritting our teeth and, and going through it. But then when we get home, that's when we let our defenses down. We're weary. We are uh, far more comfortable in just kind of letting our guard down. And so oftentimes the people we love the most get the worst from us because all that chaos that's been building up all day spills over. Like we, we already have very little resistance, I think, in our world right now. So we don't have much buffer. We don't have much margin. And if we hold it together at work, you know, then oftentimes it spills out to our kids or our wife. And it doesn't have to, but that tends to be most men's situations, I think. Yeah, if you could look around the room, you would see people shaking their heads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, you add, you know, COVID was one thing, then the riots were another thing. Now this election thing, I mean, you want to just destroy your heart? You know, listen to Rush Limbaugh for an hour, you know, or or, or the, the regular news when I come home. My mother-in-law has it on, and I'm forced to listen to NBC for 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and by the time you get done with that, you know, just try to think straight for a minute. It's it's um, it's it, it draws the life right out of you. Yeah, but even before 2020, I mean, chaos didn't originate in 2020, right, Alan? I mean, it originated long, long before that. You even write about that in your book, right? Like one of the most fascinating things to me, guys, was I knew the impact chaos had on me. But I wanted to know the origin of chaos. And so I really started this quest, this journey with God, where I asked him to take me into what's really going on. And, you know, Jesus, what I love is Jesus is so upfront and he's so clear on this world we live in. And, and you look at John sixteen thirty three, and what he says is, I've told you these things so that you may have peace in this world you will have trouble, and I think we could put the word chaos there, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And as I read that, I'm like, wow, that's so counterintuitive, because the way Jesus begins, I've told you these things so that you may have peace, you kind of think, well, he's going to say something really calming, or really that settles me. And then the very next sentence is, in this world, you will have trouble. And so he just names our reality. It was happening then. It was happening from the time of the Garden of Eden when the serpent came into the garden. There was trouble, and there's been trouble and chaos ever since. And so I love that Jesus just gives us that heads up. He orients us to the situation that we're going to wake up into every day. You will have trouble. But again, he's telling us this, so we'll have peace amidst the trouble 
And I loved how he ends that verse, but take heart, I have overcome the world. In other words, I haven't just overcome this moment or this demon-possessed person or this particular storm or this particular riot that Jesus was in the middle of. He's saying, I've overcome the world. I've overcome everything from creation through today and tomorrow and forward. So when we remember that, it gives us that orientation of, don't be surprised, you're going to have chaos, but you can be with the one who's overcome it, and you can actually overcome the chaos. And that's why, you know, in the subtitle of my book, it's overcome what comes against you in the shaken world. Like, the world is shaken, but we can actually be chaos-free in a world of chaos if we understand God's approach to chaos. So even in 1966, they were overcoming chaos, Sam. You know, you might remember Maxwell Smart. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and sometimes <laughs> he would try to overcome that. I, that's where I first learned about chaos is right here. All right, well, listen to what Maxwell Smart has to say about chaos. Sounds like the chaos organization is back in action, Chief. Right. Now, Max, it seems to me that... Just a minute, Chief. Isn't this top security? Yeah. Well, shouldn't we activate the cone of silence? The cone of silence? Yes. All right, Max. Hodgkins. Yes, sir. Activate the cone of silence. The cone of silence? How much do you know about chaos? What did you say, sir? What? Chaos. Oh, chaos. Yes, of course. Well, that's an international criminal organization that was founded, oh, I think in 1957. How's that? What? 57. Agent 57 is in Hong Kong. <laughs> Hong Kong. What about Hong Kong? What? Hong Kong. Why are we talking about Hong Kong? <laughs> Hong... Hodgkins, raise the cone of silence. What? Raise the cone of silence! Perhaps we could just talk softly, sir. <laughs> So that's a little chaos for you from Maxwell Smart back in the day where he fought that constantly. But, Alan, I'd love, you know, your first book that I was the story of with, which had these beautiful, I, I, I guess you'd call them allegories, but this one starts out with the, the last snow globe, which itself was, you know, you really have a gift for bringing a story to help things come to life. And I, I, I know our listeners would enjoy a little bit of the last snow globe, not word for word, but at least to get you kind of that, to that word that I love comes out at the end of the story. Absolutely. Well, I do believe stories are a shortcut to the heart, whether that's the parables of scripture or, you know, just modern day stories that we tell each other and, and that have been through time. And so I did begin the book with, it's just a short four- or five-page allegory, short story, but I call it Beast on Island, and it's about a small island in the Mediterranean, and and most folks don't even realize it's there, but there's a family on that island, that small island, that creates snow globes, and they're really different snow globes. They're not like the normal ones in that these snow globes, no matter how much you shook them, what's inside remains calm, and it was filled with this unique substance of living water and it's dancing light, light that was the color, uh, some of the colors we would know, but some colors the world doesn't even have a name for yet. 
And so the story basically goes into this family's creativity in making these snow globes. But on the island itself, uh, there was a lot of fear. And so the people around the island were consumed with this fear about a beast on the island. And it, it was something that people just felt like they didn't have much hope. Um, and so they would hide, they would kind of shut themselves in, they would try to track the beast, they would get consumed with the beast, or they would be scared and not even want to get near it. And so nobody ever saw the beast, but that, that was the fear on the island. And ultimately, as that fear grew, the water that was in this cave where they created the snow globes slowed down. And so the whole story uh, goes into, without revealing the end of it, um, what this family did to counter the fear, to counter the beast on the island. Hey, Alan, and course, we, can we pick that up right after the break? Sorry yeah, about that. Absolutely. I'd love to hear the rest of that. Uh, go to maskonjourney.org. You can download any of the past podcasts. You can look at any upcoming events that we're going to be having. We'll be having a boot camp this spring. We don't have a date yet, but as soon as we do, it'll be there. Maskonjourney.org. Now what do we do? Just be yourselves. Where are you going? I'm going to pick a fight. If it feels like every day is picking a fight, then you might want to come listen to The Masculine Journey and find out why we use clips like these to illustrate the story God is telling in the lives of men today. The truth is God designed you to pick a fight, but which fights do we pick? Well, grab your gear and come on a quest every Saturday at noon. And now The Masculine Journey After Hours podcast. Masculine Journey Radio. Hi, this is Sam with Masculine Journey. I'm here with my son, Eli. We're going to talk about ways that you can help support the ministry. One way you can go to smile.amazon.com. Go to smile.amazon.com. There's information on our website there on how to do that. You can go to facebook.com and click the donate button, or you can go to masculinejourney.org and find the donate button. masculinejourney.org. Or if you want to mail something in, mail it to P.O. Box 550, Kernersville, North Carolina, 27285. Welcome back to the masculine journey. That is uh, the theme song from Get Smart, right? And he was driving an Opal GT. Just saying, <laughs> well, I would not know that. I'm not a car guy. I know you are, obviously, the Christian car guy. Alan, sorry we had to cut off the story. Uh, we didn't manage our time great right there, but we definitely want to hear what's happening to the family. If you could kind of set it back up, we have the island of the snow globes and the fear that's really consumed the people. Correct. And so, really, it's just a story. That gets us going in the book on we all live in a world that is shaken with fear and that we all are kind of the beast on the island or the chaos around us. And this one family uh, was struggling to make sense of it. And so the story goes on just to show the contrast when we choose either to focus on the beast on the island or we choose to be astonished by what God's up to. And I just thought that it was a great opening to say things aren't always as they seem. And so we can either choose a path in our world of fear over the chaos and over the craziness, and we can be fearful and anxious 
or we can choose to be astonished. And if we do that, we're keeping our eyes on what God's up to, and we're actually, back to the Maxwell Smart clip, like we're either agents of chaos or agents of change. And the choice is ours. We can either be reactive and surprised by chaos and overcome by chaos, and, and unfortunately, when that happens, we become chaotic ourselves. And so we become agents of chaos, whether we mean to or not, or we can see how God pursues life in the midst of chaos, and we can become agents of change with God. So that's, it's kind of this, there's two real choices, there's two roads, and most people don't even know they have a choice. So the book, I wanted to start with that story to say, heads up, wake up, there is a choice, there is a better way. We don't have to be shaken, we don't have to be reactive, but we will be if we just wake up and fall into our days unaware. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, it gets back to that old adage, whatever you feed grows, right? So if I feed that that astonishment that you talk about, that's going to grow. But if I feed the fear, then it's going to consume me, you know, and so and focus on what exactly. we're feeding. Yeah, it, it, it's amazing. One of the things that you talked about is how inner dialogue, you know, self-dialogue uh, opens up the door to chaos. Can you share some more on that? Because I think a lot of people do it and don't even realize it. Absolutely. Well, I mean, you know, the way we talk to ourselves is often based on, to use some wild at heart language uh, that John has, it's based on agreements that we're making that the enemy loves when we make, and the enemy kind of sets us up throughout our life to believe lies about ourselves, about who we are, about what's going on. And so in the book, I just often, you know, help people, I think, by going, Listen, the way you talk to yourself is actually a way of letting chaos in. And some of the things that we say in those times are like, um, you know, I always am alone, or it's all up to me, or how much can one person handle? There's never enough time, never enough money. Life isn't fair. I always get the raw end of the deal. These type things, we say, and we start embracing it as, well, it's true. Like this, I'm just naming the way reality is. But it's not reality. It's the lies that we start to believe. And when we start to believe those lies, it's like we open the door wider and wider for chaos to come in. And I, I use this example, a true example in the book, kind of a funny story that wasn't funny in the moment, but I had recently gone through the car wash near my house and most of you guys probably have been to the ones that it's like a star wars laser light show you know you're in there and the car wash your car's going through it's you're in neutral and you're just watching the foam and the lights and the water and the it's like a it's like a very cool thing right but i'd forgotten to roll my windows up <laughs> and quickly it was like a massive uh you know shower, chemicals, squirting everywhere, uh, water, all in the interior of my truck. And it was not a pleasant experience at all. But what I learned from that, I was writing the chaos book at the time. What I learned was, man, this is just like life. If I roll the windows up, I don't have to let the chaos that's out there in, in me, in my heart, in my mind. But 
if I'm not guarded, if I start having those thoughts like I just mentioned, and I start going, yeah, that is true. I, I do always get the wrong of the deal or, well, man, if the world is chaotic around me, of course I'm going to be chaotic or who wouldn't be fearful? Those kind of thoughts are like rolling the window down and everything out comes in. And once chaos comes inside of us, then we become more chaotic. And, you know, you can't really have less of something that you're becoming more of. And so if you want less chaos, but you're letting chaos inside of you, you're actually becoming the thing you want to get rid of. You're becoming chaotic. You're becoming an agent of chaos. So one of the first kind of principles of the book is, first, recognize what's really going on. In this world, you'll have chaos. Don't be surprised by it. Don't be caught off guard. And second, don't let it in. You don't have to let the external chaos in. Proverbs 4.23 is pretty clear. We're to guard our heart above all else. You know, we're to watch what we let in. We're to guard it from the external chaos around us, the external lies around us that the enemy's trying to get us to agree to. So when we do those things, when we understand the reality of what we're facing, we're not surprised by chaos, we're not letting it in, those are like the very first steps to changing how we live. There's a lot more beyond that about how we can change the chaos around us, but it starts with something as simple as don't believe the lie that you have to become more chaotic when things around you are chaotic or fearful or anxious. You don't. We can actually be chaos-free in a world of chaos. Yeah, and you're exactly right. It starts with not making those agreements. You know, that's something our listeners would be familiar with that, that you talked about is you, know, you make that agreement and you give the enemy a foothold, which gives him access and gives him somewhat of a, a free reign to, to press on those fears that you talked about and really start putting pressure on you. Well, and if people, you know, are listening and are like, yeah, I don't think I really like chaos and all that much, my question would be, well, what is your typical response when something pushes your butt? Whether that's screaming kids in the minivan or whether that's a blow up at the office or whether that's an unexpected bill in the mail, whatever it is, what is your response when chaos hits? And for most people, they either get spun up or they shut down, or they try to wait it out. They, you know, they either get agitated, spun up, or they just shut down and kind of numb their heart and check out, or they decide they're going to just wait it out. And when they wait it out, you know, they just lower the bar on all of their hopes and dreams and expectations for what could be, and kind of just sit on the sidelines. And all of those things are not great responses. All of those things will play in the hands of the enemy and of chaos because they're, they're reactive. They're passive and they're reactive. And they're not the right way. Chaos will never go away or you'll never be free from it with those responses. And so I think it's important for everyone listening to go, yeah, how do I respond personally when chaos is? And do I feel like I'm doing a really good job? Or is it spilling out to the very people I love? Or in my own self-talk? Or just I can't sleep at night? Or I have to have an extra, you know, um, beer or two at night just to take the edge off? 
or whatever else is, you know, I just binge on Netflix series instead of facing what's going on. Whatever it is, if you're not happy with how you're dealing with chaos, the answer isn't, well, let's just wait till 2021 and hope it changes. Because, I, you know, I hate to say this, but I think 2021 is probably going to be more chaotic than 2020. Yeah. And, and if we're waiting for a new year with the hopes that it will be less chaotic, that's not a very good strategy. That's a passive strategy. The better thing is to change who we are in our approach than hope something changes externally. Yeah, it's a great point. You know, I, I want to ask you about something that the term spun up, I think for some people, though, they may look at that and make their own conclusion, but that can look very different to different people. That could be a controlling type personality. I'm going to control every other aspect of my life if I can't control this or rage, or it could be lots of different reactions within that spun up, couldn't it? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, if you a great, you're making such a good point. And a great way to see it is every response we make, every approach to an issue in our life, I believe, is either love-based or fear-based. And so if it's fear-based, it's not love or hate, it's love or fear, I believe. And hate is a subset within fear. And like you're saying, those responses of a fear-based response can look very different. It can be very passive. It can look very aggressive. It can look like rage. It can look like a guy that just glazes over and and just kind of checks out. But all of those, if you get down to the root of it, is a fear, a lack of trust in God, a fear of what's going to happen to them, a fear of or anxiety over their children or the family and situations going on with their job. So... You know, the question is, if we want to look at motive, because it's always a great check to look at motive. A motive to your response is, is it fear-based? Is it love-based? If it's love-based, you're probably doing a pretty good job of staying calm in the storm. If it's fear-based, chaos is going to take you out every single time. You might be able to hold your cool for five minutes or five hours or five days, but eventually... If you are responding from a fear-based, you know, reactionary mode, you're gonna you're gonna lose the battle against chaos, and the enemy knows it. Yeah, he does. We're coming to the end of our, our first show. Alan, can you stick around and do the after hours with us? We'll do that here in just a few minutes. We'd love to talk to you more about some of that and and realizing that you're not alone in this. That you got somebody on your side. Uh, but would you stick around and be on the after hours with us? Absolutely. Love to. Okay. Uh, In the meantime, go to masculinejourney.org. Look for any of our contact information. If you'd like to reach out, maybe we said something on the air you'd like to know more about. Maybe you'd like to know more about Alan and his uh, ministry, and we'll give you information on that in the after hours, but you can also get it from our website. Or if you want to just reach out to us and say, hey, have you seen this movie? Have you thought about this clip? What about this topic? We'll talk to you next week. This is the Truth Network.